Hello and welcome to the Dogcast. I'm Erica Stacey. So often we focus on our weaknesses, the areas we struggle with or need to improve. But what if we instead focused on and worked to our strengths? Interest and appreciation of a strengths-based approach to work and life is growing due to proven benefits in mood, productivity, results and more. This episode's guest is Jane Wondersitz from Wonder Training. Jane is a trainer and speaker with a focus on knowing and working to your strengths alongside positive psychology, well-being and more. In this episode, we discuss the benefits of identifying and working to your strengths, both as an individual and a team, how collective strengths can impact workplace culture, how strengths can make you feel energised or disengaged, potential brand and marketing implications of knowing your organisation's strengths, the impact of strengths on resilience, and more. Jane also shares with us what she is learning at the moment and her top recommendation to help you be prepared to do your best online. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jane. I'm really excited to talk to you. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) So I actually first found you on Google. So I have to thank Google for you. Oh, that's exciting. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I was beginning of last year or maybe end of the year before when I was looking for someone of your ilk to put together a presentation for our trainers at Scout Digital Training. And I came across you, which I was very excited about. And yeah, we've kept in touch ever since, which has been great. So keen to share your zone of genius with the listeners today. Now, can I get you to give a brief introduction to who you are and what you do, which is then going to lead into what we're talking about today? Beautiful. I'd like to introduce myself through a strength lens because that's the topic for today. My top strengths are fairness and I've got a bit of leadership, creativity, social intelligence, curiosity, hope and love of learning. And I think if you look past through my journey, All of that is peppered through when I've been most engaged, had the most success, the things that really, um, you know, have made me sort of come alive. So I'll start by saying I'm actually from York Peninsula, so I grew up on a farm, so a small community, loved that sense of community. I was shipped down to boarding school at the age of 12 and lived, uh, they were actually renovating, so you literally had 20 girls all lined up, uh, bed, 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 bed down one side, bed, 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 bed down the other side. And so you had this really tight group of teenage girls and there was a real uh, unity amongst the boarders, probably versus the day bugs, because we're all living away from home in those teenage years. Then I lived in share houses, so again, about six people in share houses when I was about 17 and left boarding school, so that was quite a crazy spell. So there's this whole sense of community, social intelligence, I'm fascinated with people. So that took me into the world of uh, visual arts and photography, again that connection with people, families, all of those things. And early in my career I actually got a national overseas appointment as a trainer. So in my early 20s I went to the UK and got a bigger slice of looking at um, organisations and spent time in the UK, Holland, Ireland and was a trainer zipping all over that patch working with studios and training uh, leaders, teams, all of those sorts of things. When I was there, I actually stumbled upon a book by Anita Roddick and that took me to the body shop. I just fell in love with that sense of culture, that ethics that she had, that development of people. So since then, so I guess it's been about 20 years in learning and development, people and culture. Absolutely love it. It was at the body shop when I sort of was writing a program, Activate Self-Esteem for our staff. 
and came across strengths and positive psychology. So that was fairly early days when it was just emerging, about 2004. And I wrote this program, which was Activate Happiness. And when I got home that night, I felt like a I felt like a damn rock star. So I just felt like I'd really found <laughs> something that I was so excited about because it had that research. So I've got curiosity. I love doing the research. And it really brought the uniqueness of every person when you look at strengths. You've just got, you know, something very powerful to play with. So I went out into my own business 2012. So it's been seven years. I've helped 7,000 people discover their strengths and probably trained over 35,000 participants across wow. Australia. So it's been really exciting. I think I've written 20 programs, so I learn all the time. So I'm always uh, writing new programs. And um, yeah, but it's sort of, that's my journey is that people, that culture, bringing the best and connecting at a higher level. And that's what I find in the workplace. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> and yeah, I was, well, you gave me a introduction to the world of strengths when we first met a couple of years ago because I went through the process of identifying my strengths profile and uh, it's something I just confessed to you before. I looked, I looked back at recently and realised that it's something that I would benefit from, from paying more attention to. So if we can kind of jump straight in, what are the benefits of knowing and working to your strengths as an individual? I think uh, the strengths that I use is fear strengths. So they underpin the positive psychology framework and probably everyone has taken different evaluations of themselves. There's that many Mm. around. But this has got a a real um, scientifically research backing, 55 of the top social scientists. So it's got some real weight in it. I find that anyone that takes it, they've come up with the top 24 strengths of human characteristics um, and they come out in a blueprint order that's unique to everyone. So your um, the 24 will be in a different order for everyone. And what I find, I can work with a group of 200 people and you know what, no one's got the same blueprint. So it's very uniquely your signature and I find that when anyone looks at it, they can really see themselves there. But when they, uh, so when you anchor into your strengths, normally your signature strengths are on the top page and they're where you tend to get your most energy from. And if you look across your background and where you've been most energised and felt most alive, most you, uh, you know, kind of lose yourself in the moment, normally your strengths are there. So if you look at some of your previous successes and you think about times when you're really engaged in life where you had success where you connected at a really high level, more often than not, you're being very authentic to those upper strengths that are normally in the top five, top seven. Um, so it gives you a little bit of path on what was created some successes and some uh, in your past and where you've, you can find a path into the future if you tend to look at it, if you tend to look through it. So I know for me, things like fairness and that ethical base is really important to me if I'm continuing to learn. So that's why I write new programs all the time, that hope and optimism is where the connect to positive psychology has probably come through. So you can kind of see where uh, the direction is right for you. Social intelligence, I love working with regional, volunteers, high up executives. It's that connecting with all sorts of people because I learn. So you can sort of find where is the best path for you going forward, but you can also anchor into them for resilience. If you're going through a tough patch, I always think, I've just got to think creativity. It's kind of like uh, those pathways are already there, but you can really anchor into them to to move yourself out of it. If you have got humour, you know, to find the light side of something. Mm. So you can, um, there's always a, it's really interesting. I think you become more who you really should be. So it's that path to your best of human potential. Wow. So 
I guess I can see how we can potentially get off track sometimes mm. with just getting caught up and worried about or busy with our work and our lives and these types of things and focusing on our role or tasks or activities that don't necessarily make best use of our strengths or we don't kind of capitalize on them because yeah. I know just yeah, with the conversation we were having before you were giving me some really creative ways on on how I could actually um, incorporate more of those strengths just in the everyday it doesn't always have to be from a from a workplace situation yeah when things are tiring more often than not or something you really don't like doing if you try and anchor a strength to it you'll find it much more energizing so, for example, I was uh, talking about trying to get some, you know, working uh, in your own business. Sometimes you get so bogged down, stuck on your computer, and I wanted to get more activity into my day. So my day of doing that was anchoring into uh, love, which is, you know, enjoy close relationships. My daughter wanted a golden retriever. That is the reason why we have the dog, because I thought <laughs> she would need to walk it every day, and she wouldn't want to do that alone, because I know her top strength is teamwork. So she likes to do things with others. So I thought, really good connector with my teenage daughter. So now we have um, Casper, the golden retriever. So that was part of a, a two-way situation. So you can use it in your goal setting if you anchor into certain strengths as well. Yeah, and I love the way a couple of things you've mentioned just then is the fact that it can be incorporated, you know, we often, we generally talk about business oriented topics mm. on this podcast, but knowing your strengths can filter into all aspects of your life, your you know, personal relationships, it doesn't yeah. just have to be, be work. Absolutely. Uh, but then also tying in with other people as well, and yes. whether they are your friends or your family or your yes. colleagues or yes. workmates. And I know you do a lot of work with teams as well, where you assess the strengths of all yeah. of the individuals within the team yeah. and then get a sense of what the overall yes. team dynamic yes. and strengths and are. And it tells me before I walk in there what the potentially the culture will be like. So, um, for example, I had one team which was a Gumtree marketing team in Sydney and it was the first time I'd had humour as number one. <laughs> and uh, I haven't had that before. Quite often it's up high. Amazingly, accountants quite often have humour in the top strengths as well. But... Um, yeah, so it was number one for the group. And honestly, during the session, my face was hurting so much. And I thought, how do they get work done? <laughs> you know, so it actually, if over 50% of your people have an aligned strength, it will impact your culture. And it can be a real strength in your culture, but also you need to be mindful of that at times. So for that group, potentially they could go well and truly off, you know, lose time because of that humour. So it helps you to understand that collective group, but you also get to see who's got the unique strengths. For example, forgiveness is a strength that's dropping globally. And so you might have in a group of 20, you might have one or two people that have forgiveness hi and so if you you know if someone makes mistakes they need to actually step up and say do you know what it doesn't matter who did it you know because you don't want to have that blame culture where people are finger pointing it doesn't matter who did it let's learn from it and move on so I give them a responsibility that they actually really need to hear that voice or you might have someone who's uh, has hope and not always that's not always a culture strength of a group but that person is the one that needs to make sure that sometimes if you're going through difficult times to let them shine the light on the optimist side so that you can actually travel through change so you can tap into the person with perspective is really good at stepping back when people are bogged down in detail to say you know what let's step back from this for a minute and remember where we're going so you can actually really tap into the group collective it's really fascinating but it's so fascinating yeah. And I know you've got judgment number one, which is a really good decision maker, coupled with prudence, which is careful decision making. So you'd actually be energised in making a good decision. And with that also, 
if you get new information, you can actually change your mind. So it's that lovely open-mindedness that isn't uh, too railroaded on your own beliefs. Uh, you know, so different information will come in, and you'll go a different direction. So, but if you had everyone with judgment, they can't make a decision. So they need need to set some rules and boundaries around decision making because they'll get stuck in that uh, decision making. That's yeah. really, yeah, I really find that fascinating, that individual strengths profile, but yeah. understanding that whole team perspective as well. And like you say, there are a lot of positives yeah, to having absolutely. certain yeah. collective strengths at the top, but there yeah. can be those negatives as well yeah. and potentially well, areas where like you need to. the shadow side, but it just, it takes out that, it's a really lovely way to look at group dynamics and it's very positive um, that, you know, everyone feels that their unique strengths are acknowledged and but yet there's a collective culture any industry that I work with that's service orientated has always got kindness now kindness is a beautiful strength where they actually enjoy serving and supporting others so if it's service industry you know childcare centers anywhere where there's a service industry and it's unselective they just believe that you know there's a, a level of kindness that is deserving everyone deserves a level of kindness but sometimes that can also be a hot button. So if someone is unkind in that culture or says something abrupt, because not everyone in the culture will have kindness, that can actually be a real hot button. So they need to make sure that they understand at that collective level, what are some of the pros of it? And normally it's industry related why it's there, but what are some of the things that they can actually be mindful of? And because it's collective, it's not uh, finger pointing, but they can really understand it um, so it's got a, it's always lands well in team dynamics, but also at a personal level, they can um, look at why people are, are different because no one's the same. Mm, and really embracing that individuality. Yeah. That we and that's have as what well. I love, you know, the, the allowing different people to shine. So, and uh, if you're using your strengths, when is the time where you need to sort of step back and let someone else have a go? Or who do you call on? So if you come, you know, struggling to make a decision, you'd go to the person with good decision-making skills and you'd actually ask their help. Or if you've got a new team member starting, you might go to someone to do your first day inductions, but you actually spend time with this person. They've got kindness and teamwork, you know. So you can actually tap into the energy of people and you can move things around. So the person with perseverance, you know, sometimes uh, in work environments, they say about 86% of people don't feel appreciated because they're actually putting their human energy in and sometimes no one notices. So what they do, they actually uh, retract it. And so, for example, if say if I've got kindness, like uh, you know, in the service industry quite often they've got kindness, if they continually to put the best of themselves out there and no one notices, sometimes they'll retract it and you actually get the opposite. You actually get that retraction of strength where they don't mm. want to do it anymore, which is no good for anyone. And that's what disengagement is in the workplace. You know, you've got the person who perseveres and they work through their lunch break half the time and they, you know, just get stuff done. They're really productive because they enjoy sticking at something and getting a result. Yet people sometimes take, not take advantage of it, but that's just who they are and they forget to acknowledge they're putting in that energy. So that's where uh, you can get disengagement. Um, yeah, so it's really interesting. Yeah. So do you find organisations now, once they have that understanding of their overall team strengths and that blueprint, when they are looking to fill new roles, are they taking, do some organisations take into consideration the strengths to either complement or 
fill in some of those gaps? Well, I would hope they would. I mean, I think the thing is is, ba- is to have balance within a team and sometimes when industries are, you know, there's a, there's a that's why teams with diversity, I feel, are more balanced and have that, you know, can tap into everyone a bit differently. But some roles really require, if you've got a group of them uh, that are doing a, the same role, sometimes you'll get a collection of strengths that are very aligned. But for that team to perform really well, you needed that level of diversity in there. You know, sometimes that I work with it, you know, for humour, for example, just in having that dash of positive emotion and that people that, you know, look uh, at the light-hearted side of things and just can jolly people up. You know, sometimes I work with a team, you've got 20 people and one or two has got humour in the top five or seven. I know walking in there that it's just a bit more of a serious environment. So they need to actually look at what strategies they might be able to build in at the start of meetings to make sure that they've got that positive emotion so they think... You know, it impacts how we think and how we connect. So they can actually map into things into their agenda. But as far as recruitment, I don't know that people are using it as a recruitment Mm. tool, but to think about the balance that they have, yeah. The other point I was considering when you were speaking about the teams as a whole, because we often talk a lot about brand personality from a digital and social media Mm. marketing perspective, where you need to have some sense of understanding of that uh, personality that is going to shine through your marketing communications, your social media channels, and ideally attract the right type of client or customer as well because we're not always all going to be a great fit for everyone not not everyone's going to um, bounce off us in the same way so I kind of feel like there's an opportunity here to make use of those strengths like you said for you know an accounting firm that has humor as a top strength that that could be quite unique for their organization that is that something that they could actually bring in to their marketing so that people know what to expect when they you know come in for a meeting or that type of thing yes. that it's actually going to be a, you know it could be a bit more light-hearted yes than and that will definitely connect with it for example if they had fairness as a which is a quite common cultural strength things like uh, fairness it would be you know perhaps reflecting who their client base is or it may be that you know the small business compared to the large business they will spend time with so it can actually give the uh, direction for their story that they actually feel very uh, attached to more often than not I find that if your collective strength of your people particularly for founders and those that have established a business, their, their, their values of their organisation are often values aligned to the collective group. Mm-hmm. So you can actually see that pretty much that real alignment b- between what the values and vision of the organisation is and the values. And that's why they sort of have got to that point and are so invested in that business. So to travel that through, but if you actually, if you asked someone to take their strengths, you would understand before you got there what is important to that person. Say with character strengths, because it is character, it is really the vehicle for trust. So when you trust someone, you've got a level of skills and you as a business owner, you would have skills to be able to do what you do in the social media industry and you've learnt different skills. But whether you want people to trust you is when you is the character side, when they can sort of really understand you. So if you are working with someone else and you saw their blueprint, you understand kind of where they're coming from. So I feel like it actually, you can build that trust. You understand them at a much higher level, much more quickly. And like you said also with that, I like that, how did you put it? There's the shadow sides, but also the hot buttons as well. Yeah. With having that better understanding of, you know, what might potentially put people offside. Yeah. Um, Or, yeah, like you said, what what might drain you yourself or... It gives you, um, you know, people always, if you think about people you admire, they're of good character. 
and they may have different strengths. So, they, you know, people that you admire in different fields or you might be in your family. But the fact is there's a level of consistency and they're not imposing. They're, there's something about that person. And normally, if you're using your strengths at optimum, there's a, you know, it's, it's a lovely energising side of strength. But so, for example, curiosity for me, I know that is an upper strength. I've taken it, the assessment about three times. So sometimes that topples for me to nosiness. Now, where I hear that is with my teenage daughters, and it seems to happen when I'm in the car, I ask too many questions. And so I can be mindful that, uh, you know, I can anchor to something like perspective, which isn't a top strength, but you can couple them and think, you know, to put it into perspective realistically, my teenage daughters don't want to tell me everything. And they're at that age where they don't, shouldn't have to. So I have to be mindful that I don't topple because it's imposing on them. And so then I know that if you're overuse is really if you're with someone to sort of look for those signs and signals that you're toppling a little bit (laughs) Um, love of learning I've got can be a know-it-all you know so there's a place that in the training arena well I can share all my goodies but you know what if I'm out with friends they don't want to hear it all (laughs) you know so there's and we all do that it doesn't matter what your strengths are more often we overuse or we have a tendency to go one way or the other but the you know in life you really want to be the best person you can and that's when you get it centered so I think it's uh, you can boost and you can shift them in their, you know, tactile, their traits. So you can work to being the best you can be. And you mentioned just then as well about the fact that you've, you've taken the um, VIA character strengths test a number of times now. Yes, yes. And you do have those slight variations. Do they tend to reflect kind of like where you are at yeah. the time or can we actually evolve and change You can, you know, strengths? certainly sometimes, for example, say if you're really feeling like, you know, you may have drifted from your true path where you're not really using your strengths maybe you're high creative and they're actually down you don't feel like you've been innovating or coming up with your own you know your own uh, spark or you just haven't felt like you're really being you're not energized in life you're sort of feeling a bit flat and you're not connecting well but if you bring come back to your strengths you'll find that if you work out what's really important to you so normally the ones up the top will be there but sometimes if you've been really perseverant or you've been really kind or you know you've been supporting someone sometimes they elevate because you can use all of them but it will be more tiring it's not a natural trait that you tend to use so what sometimes I had someone recently in a workshop who said he'd changed jobs a couple of times and now his blueprint was so like him he could really see it and he said that some of them before were probably situational he was really being brave or he was being perseverant but it wasn't the true him he was doing some projects that were really tough and really hard and as much as he did them well it wasn't as energizing as where he was now so I think that you know in my blueprint there hasn't been a lot of shifts but um I know that I'm looking now into anchoring back into, you know, uh, building positive psychology into the sustainable development goals. And I'm really excited because that fires up my fairness and my social intelligence. And, and so you can kind of feel the difference when you're really anchoring into them. Oh, I love it. I need to be doing more anchoring from now on, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Certainly feeling a little bit energy depleted, so must be slightly off track. Uh, positive psychology, you just yes. mentioned. I did want to touch on this as well because that is an area yes. that you specialise in as well as the strengths-based work. Yes. Can you explain to us what that actually means? Because I think some of us have heard the term, yes. but we yes. don't always know So positive psychology is really the science of human flourishing, you know, to really be living your, your best life. And probably it came through in psychology that there used to be in psychology was always studying deficit what's wrong with people 
people and that was coming up with where we, our disorders are and trying to get people to cope in life. So positive psychology is really the other side of the scale where it's not looking to get people to cope in life, it's getting people to have a really good life. How do you, uh, you know, enjoy life so that you're fully engaged, so you have that level of achievement, so you build strong connections? So all of the research that came through, and it's been really prolific, is on a lot of it has been studying people that tend to roll with the punches of life or have a, a level of buoyancy and what do those people do and it really came up with five core areas so one is positive emotion and they say that uh, you know like if you look at a day or a uh, a week if you wrote down all of the emotions that you felt and you highlighted all of the ones that were sort of in the more positive sort of realm that might be curiosity it might be hope it might be laughter humor and um, all of those types of things that were positives compared to those that were you know maybe felt frazzled or frustrated or stressed you really want to have a balance of about three to one. So positive psychology, there's lots of strategies to be able to elevate your positive emotions. So that's one area that you can work on. And positive emotions come through in resilience as well as mental toughness. Then there's engagement, which is when you're using your strengths. If you use your strengths, there's a natural level of energy where you kind of lose time, you feel yourself, you feel authentic. So that comes into engagement and flow. And then there's uh, relationships that if you're being really authentic and true to yourself, you connect better. People kind of get who you are and you have those stronger levels of connection. And we're a social species, so we need to be able to have those strong connections. And then it comes down to meaning, which is uh, when you use your strengths to support others. Not to do with me, it's about community, it might be family, it might be business, it might be a work a corporation you know so that's normally uh, when you're using your strengths to do something that is bigger than yourself and then your achievements that in life we need to have some level of feel like we're growing feel like we're um, moving in a different you know moving in a forward focused direction and we've got to have a level of uh, celebration in life so strengths actually underpins that whole framework so they needed something which is the building blocks of people so that then if you want to increase all of those five areas you can actually use your strengths to be able to do that sorry my cat, sorry. My cat we have a lovely little kitty jumping on the table while we're chatting <laughs> she's adorable yes. that's, her, that, that's her top strength for me <laughs> she's definitely got curiosity <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I'm saying the same things. I keep going, wow, that's fascinating. Wow, that's fascinating. But I, I really love this area. And that's why I'm so happy that I met you, first of all, because we can start having these types of conversations. And I wanted to build on something you said there. Oh, weaknesses. Talking about weaknesses. Yes, I, I actually really love this change because I've heard a couple of friends mention it in their workplaces that they've started to change when they have their annual performance review that, you know, very typically when, you know, they first moved in, into the workforce, the performance review was always about identifying the areas that, yes. you, that you weren't doing as well and you needed to work mm. on. And often those are the areas which are, as you know, a lot hard. I mean, sometimes there are some essential skills and yes. areas yeah, that you yeah, might yeah. need to develop. But um, in some instances, it can be a lot more difficult and a lot more challenging for us to try and improve those weaknesses as opposed to identifying what our strengths are and really looking for opportunities. And it's nothing... Mean, you've mentioned so many creative ways to me that we can incorporate these strengths mm. into all sorts of areas that even though there might not be a direct correlation between a particular character strength and a particular 
task no. or skill or area that you work on, usually if we you know, dig a little bit deeper, there's a way that we can Hook make it, it enjoyable yes. for yeah, us or absolutely. even in those personal areas like we were talking about exercise before and trying to find being more creative about how you can work your strengths into exercise yes. to make it something that you enjoy doing and you mm. want to do mm. if it's not something that comes naturally mm. to you. So I think that comes down to the strength coupling. They're never solo there's there's always best coupling so for example i know that in my workshops i try to have love of learning curiosity and it tends to come together for you judgment and prudence would come together but you can anchor to those that you know for example if perseverance was a strength for you and you really wanted to stick at something you'd anchor it to how can you you know creatively persevere so what are the things but you can anchor any of them that you choose but normally if you combine a couple so in workshops what I do is I actually have uh, cards for large groups so they pull out their strengths they pick out you know probably 10 of 10 that come through at the top then they work out how do these work together best and what makes a risk so that they don't particularly if they overuse and they've identified that sometimes they topple then they can work out how do I actually balance this strength so what are the things I need to be mindful of so like the curiosity with perspective knowing the time when I can ask lots of questions and when it's inappropriate for me was one that I really do work towards so that there's ways that you can use them yeah and there's also I think I know when I first got this report and I looked at my top two being judgment and prudence and I was just kind of like they're a bit boring <laughs> and you know sometimes people see you know sometimes people see kindness and, as being boring and it's so not you know like if you didn't have that you know and I think you know being able to make good decisions and that's you know probably in my business I always work best with people that have got judgment and prudence because it's not in my strengths so sometimes it's looking at for your right hand person you really need to look for someone who's got something a little bit different to you because that gives you that level of balance so you've got a small team looking for that balance is a really good thing sometimes if you've got lots of creatives working together guess what ideas 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 and not a lot you know and sometimes just the one that you go with is the one that happened at the time and without having that decision making skills to work out well, which ones do we let fly here um yeah so it's really interesting so yeah definitely judgment is a all of them all of them are um, highly valued there's no strengths better than others I know people that are leaders quite often think oh, I haven't got leadership doesn't matter you can lead by being a good decision maker and kindness you can lead with fairness you can lead with you know there's all sorts of manners leadership in itself as a strength is one that is um, you tend to like pulling people together you like to have a bit of autonomy it can t topple to being a bit mm. authority authoritative in a bit of a so you know sometimes uh, someone who leads with teamwork may be more embedded and have you know really value uh, the gifts of others so each one's got its challenges but all of them um, you know like people can do the same job but have a different uh, intrinsic motivator I love how you talked about even in small teams or where there might be those partnerships because I've worked uh, in a couple of businesses where there's been yeah. um, partners that run the business over the years and, and it's interesting sometimes because you once you work with them for a while you can notice that they each have their natural strengths and how they do complement yes. each other quite well in business and I've always been curious as to whether or not that was something they went into consciously no. or if it was just that yeah at that because I'm going back yeah. quite a few years that that subconscious recognition that you know this person works better in this area and this person works, yeah. works better in another uh, and those 
businesses I've seen often tend to be the most successful yeah. as opposed to like you said the other ones where we might get along with someone really well personally yes, yes. because we share a You're lot of aligned. the same characteristics yeah. but then it can often result in challenges down the track because it might be you know you know, both poor decision makers or both laughing all the time yeah, or absolutely. both coming up with lots of ideas yes. and not actually doing anything. Yeah. So while you might connect on that personal level, it's not always the best yeah. combination when you're trying to get yes. something done. Absolutely. But then again, if that does happen, you can always, if you know that that's what's happening, and sometimes teams that I know that I've worked with that are having challenges, as soon as I look at their blueprint and I can sort of see what their cluster is, so there's some that I sort of know if they've got a really high level of fairness, sometimes change, going through a lot of change, it's never fair <laughs> because there's always tough stuff. You've always got double the workload. You're always learning something, you know, so sometimes they can uh, find change a little and just that understanding and appreciation of that. But the fact is, so what do they look for the future? How yeah. can they uh, work through that? And they need some more systems and strategies. If perseverance is low in a team, they've got lots of thinkers and lots of uh, action with ideas, but they don't have as many doers, they need to actually, right, have a day anchoring into perseverance and they need to set, you know, hourly, tar, you know, what are we going to get done? And maybe an incentive. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly that. So they might have a reward that might be, you know, something sort of playful or, you know, if they've all got love high where they get to go out to lunch, if they, if they nail this as a, as a reward, yeah, it's interesting. Oh, I do love this. I'm going to get into this a lot more. I think, <laughs> it's addictive. We're getting everybody to be doing this. You know, I can work with groups of 150 and I say, can you, you know, I'm only with them for 90 minutes. Can they do their assessments? And then I go through it and map them all out. I can't help it because I'm fascinated. <laughs> I love that you've done it with your family as well. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> I think I need to find a, like a subtle way of getting all of my family and close friends to do the assessment so, so I can go, ah. Yeah, you really do. You really see who they really are. And you know, and it's the best of them as well. But also, you you know, you need to have a level of forgiveness. The fact is, if they've got, you know, something like a judgment lower, you know what? They're not always going to make the best decisions. But if you've got judgment high, well, you might start to impose that and question their decision making. But realistically, they have to learn for themselves. Yes. And it may not be the best decision, but they don't care. Yes. You know, so it's a it's a it's a really interesting. Um, you know, my daughter's got appreciation of beauty and excellence, and she keeps her room immaculate. I'm really creative. I'm probably a bit messy. And uh, so for her, we have some challenges on that, that she likes everything pristine, everything sort of new, modern, all of those things. So I understand that with her, that, um, you know, there's things that frustrate her just on living together, you know, so... Mm. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. Um, so you did mention the VIA assessment tool. That's available to yeah, sure. any... Yeah, Sorry, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll put the, if you put the link at the bottom, yep. and you can also, and I would um, recommend that you do, there is a pro report, which is about, it's 55 USD, um, USD, no, 40 USD dollars, so which is about $56. If you do want to get and learn a bit more, that actually has, unpacks the overuse and underuse of strengths. And I find quite often uh, when I go through the overuse and underuse in sort of like when I'm spending more time with someone, they get a lot of insight there. Quite often they maybe 
some of the if they're having some some friction or trouble it's because they're underusing a strength or overusing it and just that self-awareness is absolutely gold so it's not a lot of 55 dollars to get the extended report you can do that and that's um certainly worth doing but you can take the free t- do it for free that's why you yeah. can let your family members do it and uh normally when i work with organizations particularly with leaders i just think do your teams please take it further i mean i'm not precious on anything i think the more people that do it the better the more insight that people have and particularly those that you love you know if you do it with your family members it's really exciting but then make sure you appreciate it i think that's the thing to notice when they're using it when they tell a story and they light up you know and you just think you know what i can see that that's this coming through you really understand what's important to them yeah so anyone can use that so that's yeah uh, so like you say anyone as an individual can go on and we'll include that link in the show notes what are the other we've mentioned some of them already with your programs and presentations but just to make sure everyone knows what are the different ways that you work with organizations and they can potentially work with you so I do work with teams I work with leaders um, I work in well-being programs Probably one of my uh, standout areas is that I do large-scale workshops with groups of, you know, I've done 250 people for positive leadership in a five-hour session. I do conference, I've sort of worked with, um, you know, 90-minute or 60-minute uh, conference deliveries that up to, you know, 900,000. So I work across all uh, scale, but I also um, work with small businesses. I find for me to continue to learn and grow, I learn as much from a small business as what I do working with a large organisation and I love, uh, I go to regional areas so I've been to, you know, some of the more exciting trips I've had was, you know, Pilbara in um, Karatha in the Pilbara region which was fantastic. The slogan of the of Karatha is living the dream and it was, oh. <laughs> so I worked with rangers, I worked with uh, works teams that do the road works, the parks and gardens teams, the council teams and that was really exciting. Yeah I also work with you know I've been supporting human services for the last five years and I work with executive level leadership um, for their conferences and I've done that for the last five years and absolutely love it. I work with schools in Brisbane that I've supported for the last three years. That they don't, even, I don't even know what I'm presenting this year because I haven't written it yet. So um, something new and fresh and yeah, exciting, I'm sure. Abs- well, absolutely. You know, I sort of tend to release two or three programs. I'm also to ta- I tailor. You know, if uh, people tell me what what are you seeing, what's the what are you hoping for, I work with people that are uh, performing very well as a reward session and I also work with teams that are actually struggling so and I get enjoyment from both actually you know if they're really struggling I think right we're going to um, we're going to make a shift you know no one likes to be in that place but I also like the reward sessions all of my sessions have an element of uh, team building in them because uh, connections so I consciously divide people up divide people up divide people up I actually map the tables to strengths so I do table plans for you know 100 people and I, I map it so there's a variety and then I also get them to move to a table that has got people most aligned strengths and they have different conversations with each group so I'm completely engaged. I'm an absolute, you know, I love what I do. So, yeah, and I work with so many different organisations. It's really, you know, it's really exciting, you know. Yeah, we're always very busy because we're connected on social media. Always <laughs> seeing Jane flitting off yeah. to different places, doing well, different you know, things. I was Brisbane last week with a group of 
graduates. I've been you know, in the same month. I've been to working with 120 of the executives for human services again. I've done a youth leadership group in a from a council area. The variety I just love. You know, I really do. So, but um, for a lot, I have actually was supported over. You know, I've been in business now for seven years, and I've got clients that started with me when I first started uh, are still with me. And so that's why it continues to challenge me to continue to grow and my love of learning. So I write new programs. I, when I started, my um, I thought I'm gonna write four programs a year and that's really tough now. But if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have the enjoyment that I do because I love building the programs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it just demonstrates with what you've said there how universal these underpinning strengths and the positive psychology are and how they can benefit all sorts of different shapes and sizes of organisations, like you mentioned, from small businesses to schools, um, you know, government work, conference-based work, yeah. Across the board, because you know, and that's what I say that uh, every business is a human enterprise. If you think about the best successes you've had, the best teams you worked with, it's always about the people, and the people make it so. And sometimes I think organisations get stuck on the strategy forward, and they're stuck in the new, you know, new. Uh, systems that they're using and the the direction they're going but they forget about people are what make it great um, and if you are really committed to developing your people and, you, and so often they just don't get time to connect that you have to be so efficient and also when you hide you hide for this job that sense of team seems to be falling apart a little bit mm. um, and I think that connection and uh, really working as a team is when you get your strongest success so I think people are having to now organise for team development days, um, you know, the wellbeing, the resilience, all of that, because there isn't the time in the day-to-day. So I think organisations with the science that's around, I think they have a responsibility to, you know, build stronger people. Mm. And I think um, they absolutely get the benefits. It builds a sustainable business. Yeah, and speaking of resilience, we did touch on it before we actually started recording because you mentioned how you know that, that sense of resilience often yes. comes from working to your strengths as yes. opposed to it being a character strength absolutely. of its own. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But also the thing I think in that character strengths do support in building trust and understanding who you are and understanding other people, the most resilient organisations, it's really about how, how many connections you have if people feel connected at work, they actually always travel better through change, through challenge, through everything. And it also creates that psychological safety that they can actually put something out there without being judged. And I think if people really know each other, that's when you have that level of safety. And you also have a level of that, um, you can actually have you know emotions at work. You know, you can have times that are, you know, uh, we want compassionate leaders that life, you know, if you look at what stresses us out in life, when I, you know, and statistics say the number one is finances, then you've, then you've got relationships is the second one. If you think about, you know, where you get stressed, then it comes into your own health and well-being, fitting it all in. Life's busy these days. And then you've got normally health of someone else, you know, one in five with um, depression, anxiety. If you look at youth, anyone with children, one in four. Loneliness impacts people now where, you know, it's quite a big player within Australia. So all of those things happen before people walk in the door. So how important is positive culture? Work comes in normally about number five. So um, yet then if you put a bit of stress in the workplace, you know, it's on top of all of that. 
So you really need people to, to focus on building that strong, uh, you know, supportive workplace that actually is about performance. And if you tap into that and build that engagement, it just is a much better performing. Um, you can really elevate to some whole new levels if you focus on your people. That's, yeah. I'm, I really love this conversation, Jane. <laughs> I could talk about this. <laughs> and I also find it fascinating working as, you know, essentially a solo operator, even though I have yes. my team of subcontractors and my assistant around me we don't kind of have that that core yeah. you know typical workplace situation but certainly I've you know done the assessment with with a few of uh, our trainers so I do have mm. a bit of an understanding and more awareness yeah. now of what makes different people tick and, and I guess a lot more people are working in these remote and you know non-typical yeah. workplace situations now where sometimes that sense of connection yes. is even more important yeah. to be able to you know find those opportunities to tap into their strengths and make them feel appreciated absolutely uh, even if we're not seeing them day to day in the office absolutely. across across oh, the cubicle I we might be seeing them on, on skype or you know um and it's also a way of encouraging someone you know i know you've got person you know if they're struggling in some way tap into that perseverance i know you know you're a good connector you know make sure that you you know utilize it you, know, you can you can talk in a language that actually it's appreciating who they are and acknowledging those strengths rather than what they do often we talk about their output but for them to get to their output this is the character strength that actually has got them there and it's the thing that uh, you know brings that energy uh, one of my first jobs when i worked in photography i've got hope and creativity you know quite high um, and so for me, when I was taking photographs, it was really anchoring in. If there was a crying child, I almost didn't get excited, but I thought, you know what, the optimist would come out and I'd be so, you know, so into it and thinking, you know what, we only need to get one shot. We can come in and we'll get some of the, you know, sometimes that emotion shot can be beautiful as well. Mm-hmm. And you can get those caring and compassion shots. I thought, oh, it was, you know, get semi, it didn't matter what emotion they were carrying that you could, but then, you know, for me, it was that trying creatively to how do I shift that and getting better at working with that emotion to bring something out. But another photographer might be brilliant because they've got humour. And another photographer might be brilliant because they're so kind or because they're perseverance. So you can do the same job, but knowing what it is that makes that person tick is so empowering and so important if you're leading a team to know what that is. I worked with a group once and we did this and she said, when her blueprint came back and she had perseverance number one and she said yes so it's perseverance people i'm not kind at all everyone always used to tell her how kind she was (laughs) and it just felt like they didn't kind of get her it was just if you give her something to do by hook or by crook she'll get it done it wasn't kindness (laughs) so you know it's interesting but yeah oh we can certainly talk about this all day but we better wrap up and we'll include the link to your website in the show notes as well if people want to check out any of your programs and what you have on if they want to get in touch and yes. have any questions yeah, for sure. but a few more questions for you you've given us so much already but a little bit more I'll always ask for a little bit more who or what inspires and motivates you uh, look I have to say well my biggest role model for business and in life has been Anita Roddick I just loved her philosophy on uh, how she ran a business so I used that blueprint for when I started my business that she didn't um, 
she thought if she invested in um, her own people and her knowledge and all of those things and was ethical, that's what would part, in part grow her business. And so I just loved her, you know, compassion, kindness, all of that sort of stuff. So she's definitely my um, role model that uh, I loved her business model and that business should be a powerful force for good. That's wonderful. Um, and what are you learning at the moment? You do have a love of learning. We asked all of our guests oh what they're <laughs> Probably, um, yeah. okay, what is the main thing you're learning? Because you're probably learning multiple things. I've got two, on, two really on the go at the moment, but uh, I've had to stop myself from buying books unless I finish them and read them because I was just collecting too many. But um, I'm about to start. I study, I do do Coursera courses, and if anyone's got a love of learning, brilliant top universities and by amazing lecturers and they're normally 12, 14 hours. Um, so I pick subjects all the time. So I'm always studying something on Coursera, but they are university level. You do get a bit of a certificate for it, but um, it's just current. So I can continually go to those good universities and pick something up. So I'm going to do global sustainability and corporate social responsibility. So that's part of what I'm doing and that's Macquarie University. So that I've just signed up and I haven't started that one yet. Um, I've just finished Appreciative Inquiry uh, one, which was brilliant. But I'm also going to sign up for a big, I tend to have one bigger one every couple of years. So the Advanced Diploma in Neuroscience and Leadership, you know, Ooh. yeah, I know that's really exciting, but I can't sign up to that, that till um, August is when I'm probably starting that one. So yeah, so I'm sort of going into online study is where I tend to see, to, to look for things, but I've got, yeah, so books on the go. I've just had to banish myself from that as yet until I've finished them. <laughs> now they've got Wi-Fi on planes. It's kind of, I used to read on planes, but now I um, tend to do a little bit of work. So mm -hmm. yeah. I wonder if the bookstores at airports are going to notice a slight decline yeah. in sales now that there's Wi-Fi on lots of planes because I do feel like, yeah, there's a lot of people who, who buy books in but preparation you know for going on planes. Well, a lot of planes don't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, so. <laughs> and it's still quite slow yeah, as yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, so I've got to try not to use it, I think, and go back to my book reading on, on planes. So, yeah. And what is the one skill or area that you would encourage others to develop if they want to be prepared to do their best online? I think strengths will give them a whole new language online. I think it'll be really authentic and genuine. So I think they can anchor into being who they really are online. So I think that's a real connector. Look, you know, as you know, I play online. I don't really know what I'm doing. You do a wonderful job. I do it all the time. It's a little bit of my procrastination is online. So I do a lot of LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn because it's got my, you know, uh, I'm not a writer. I'm actually, I build beautiful PowerPoints. In vi I'm very visual. So I'm not a writer, I'm a thinker and uh, I'm very visual. So to because I'm not uh, necessarily a writer, what I do is I read a lot and then I summarise it and I put a couple of points out the top and that seems to be working for me. So I had my first semi-viral post that got to 14,000 people, which I was just blown away with. So, uh, you know, that was, uh, and it was just really, wasn't, I hadn't written it, but it really resonated. So those posts that really resonate with me, just pull out what were the top three points that resonated and that's been working for me. Yeah, well, I think that's a great strategy because like you said, it's, it's tapping into your strengths. It's being very authentic online, yeah. which resonates well with people and where you can, you're not just 
sharing, copying and pasting something verbatim. You're, you're putting your I've own spin it. on it. Yeah. You're giving some people. And not everyone has the time to read all of this no, stuff and as I well. So that's why it's great sometimes it. so to get there. Yeah. So that's what I think. Cliff well, if it gives version. people a little bit of a, a bite and, and then if they want to read it, they can. So anyway, that's my strategy at the moment. <laughs> it's working. Um, so besides your website and you mentioned LinkedIn, is that the best place for people to look for you if they want to find out uh, more website, about you and get in touch? Yeah, Twitter is ev- nearly everything I read. I just tweet because it's sort of like my, uh, <laughs> that's when I don't know how to do Twitter, but I just put articles out there. I've got Facebook as well. So I sort of do, do most of those sorts of things. You'll include the links to all those yeah. the show so people can find you where they are. Yes. That's been really, really wonderful, Jane. Is there anything else that you would love to no. do business with today? But if you do your strengths and you've got a question, please feel free to send it through and I will happily answer it because uh, I'll be fascinated to chat and look at what your strengths are and what the question is. That's wonderful. Thanks so much, Jane. Beautiful. Thank you for listening to the Dobcast. I hope you feel inspired and prepared to do your best online. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to ensure you never miss an episode.